Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Connor. I have with me again, Father Joe Rampino. Father Hello. Rampino, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much. Great. So well, much. today we're gonna today we're gonna talk a little bit about predestination, which um, is usually something that Catholics don't really um, uh, think Catholics believe. Uh, you know, it's. it's- horny topic and, and I'm glad that that you asked me to be with you for this one because this is not a place where I'm an expert uh, <laughs> we talked so last time we had dinner you suggested to me a book I have bought it it's not in my hands yet but it's on the way but I'm I'm a Christology guy I can talk about like Christ in his mysteries and in his nature and in his actions with some facility but predestination is deep waters for me so I want you to to break this down for me a little bit as kind of at least the expert on the call yeah okay well i'm i'm not a total expert right now but um i it is in my i mean i've taken several classes in this and i've read a couple of books on it so that that's helpful and, and it is something that that like first off we have to just say the term predestination is distinguished between what you know maybe you've heard of like kind of the more calvinist view of predestination versus the catholic understanding of predestination so there's there's two yeah. different ways kind of we can look at that and that will kind of come out as we have this conversation but we have to just start with the fact that God is really awesome, like that, that, that and God's all powerful, you know. And if, if if God's really all powerful and God's really, um, uh, you know, all knowing, um, then and and if God's outside of time and if God's the source <laughs> of all our being, you know, right. God's really really awesome, then everything in some way falls under His providential care, like. The fact that he made us, that he shapes us, that he guides us, like that, that, that speaks to the fact that, okay, God is in charge and God is directing things. In which case, the automatic question comes up, uh, how might I still somehow not end up with him? Exactly. And that, which brings up the question of human freedom. Like, right. how can we really be free if God is really directing all things? Are we just like marionette puppets? Like, um, you know, the lonely goat herd from uh, from The Sound of Music that he's like yodelay he hooing like across the stage, you know, right. am I really free? And some people have come down, like some philosophers have come down with like, well, no, there's just no provident. There's no there's no freedom. Everything's just, uh, you know, whether it's God or whether it's cosmic forces, everything is just determined in advance. Right. But that would seem to be pretty contrary to our own experience. So yeah. like. I make choices. I choose things. I choose to eat that um, uh, ice cream can ice, ice cream cookie sandwich that I had uh, today to celebrate our deaconate ordination. You know, it was oh, probably not the right choice, uh, but um, but there was a choice that was that was being made there, and I had an option. I could say, "Is this temperate? Is this not? Should I do this? Should I not?" And yeah. I ended up doing it, which was probably you know. And the fact that we're we're held responsible for our choices, right? Exactly. That I can, be, I can be condemned for rejecting God seems to tell me that my freedom matters. Because what would the other standpoint be? Exactly. That I could be condemned conceivably for nothing, uh, which would be which really would say, it would say something about God Himself that God wouldn't be awesome. Then then God just made things to damn them to hell. You know that right. that that would seem to, to reflect poorly on God. So we have like these different things that we have to hold in tension in a certain sense. So there's God who is awesome. He's all good. He's all perfect. He directs all things. He guides all things. His providence governs the world. And then the other hand, we have real human freedom and that human freedom right. 
is about choosing, um, in a certain sense, choosing God or, 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 or entering into this relationship with God. So this got really controversial. Uh, and it got particularly controversial in the Renaissance era. And there were two different major camps. And they were represented by uh, the two kind of major religious orders. Um, there were the Bagnesians, which was generally <laughs> Dominicans. Yeah, named after Domingo Bagnes. Um, and then there were the Molinists, named after, uh, I forgot what Molina's first name is. Uh, he, the, the, they were kind of the Jesuit uh, way of doing things. Father was his first name. Um, so uh, I almost said Alfred Molina, but I'm pretty sure he's an actor. So, uh, um, uh, there he is. Uh, not a Jesuit theologian. Um, but so basically it comes down to like, how do we understand the role of freedom? How does freedom work? Right. And the Molinists kind of wanted to carve out a little space around freedom. And they called that God's middle knowledge. Um, and this is not necessarily, you don't need to know all the terminology and things like that, but we can suffice it to say that, that, you know, in a very generalized way, and I'm sure like, if you're actually a moral theologian, you're going to pick right. me apart for this, but like, God kind of leaves a little space like God makes all things, but he leaves a little space where you can decide things where you you do things kind of almost on your own. Like there's there's a little space there where you can you can and, and he knows what you're going to do or he knows like all the options that you have. But there's some contingency there. He leaves room for your freedom there. Um, okay. And he like kind of builds that into his providential care. I'm going to say already that doesn't sound satisfying to me. Why um, does it sound satisfying? Um, a couple of things. On the one hand, uh, it doesn't seem, it seems just based on a very particular exception, almost voluntaristic, like God has just decided, for what reason? I don't know, because he's decided that this would be good for us to have just a little bit of space where we can move around just enough either to win or lose. It seems like, like an exception is being made because we want it to be made rather than because this is how reality works yeah. because my understanding of god has never been thanks be to god voluntaristic just to say god doesn't just do things because he decides to do them but that there's an inner uh there's an inner reason to everything that he does and is and the other thing too is as as a guy who reads the fathers my augustine alarm is going off <laughs> well we'll <laughs> get would... to, we'll get to that in our next section because right, that, right. when we talk about the Bagnesians, because that they tend to be more augustine oriented but the the, the plus the pluses of the Molinist perspective is okay it leaves room for human freedom and it protects what we might call the innocence of God like if you um are going to hell it's because you chose freely that you're going to hell and if you're going to heaven it's because you chose freely but the downside is what you said that it, it seems like arbitrary and it also seems to like leave a place in human um nature that is not you know, infused by God, that like God isn't a part of, like God separates himself from us. And how is he going to redeem us if he separates himself from us? And also, I mean, so my, this is my Augustine alarm is all about Pelagianism, right? So this yeah. is my Pelagius alarm. And so Pelagianism being that idea that somehow without God's assistance, I can achieve salvation. I can do that which merits salvation without any help. Mm -hmm. And so we're leaving this space for freedom. Um, is that implying that really, I could do this on my own if I just tried a little harder and God's waiting for me to just try hard enough and then maybe I'll make it. Yeah. Um, it just seems my, my, my Pelagian alarm is going off. <laughs> and I think a, a good Molinist would like have better arguments to refute that or not necessarily refute it, but like kind of make their argument. But 
on on in broad brushes that tends to be the um the the um objection so the other side the dominican side the banyesian side says no god is involved in all things that um god is required to move us to making good choices and they use this thing called and again you don't even remember the terminology talk about physical pre-motion which means every choice every good choice that i make requires that god first prompt it or in some way not prompt it but like uh, enable it to happen and and so there might be a moment where you're going to make a choice and god in order for you to make a good choice god has already started planting seeds and he gives you the power and the goodness to be able to make that good choice um now the benefits of this and now so let me let me stop real quick in this perspective human freedom is seen uh as still being there but it's mm. much more infused with God's grace. Yeah, this and, seems radically much more hopeful. Well, hopeful maybe because you're looking at it from an Augustine perspective, but from like <laughs> maybe just a kind of common perspective, it, it might be more challenging. So like the way that it uses the St. Thomas Aquinas, it says that God can work in us in such a way because he's the first cause of all things, because he made all things, he can work in and through us in such a way that when we choose the good, it's 100% us, but it's also 100% God working in us. And if right. God works in us, he can work in us according to our nature, according to our freedom. And so just like I can work through an axe according to the axe's nature, God analogously can work in me, through me, according to my freedom in a free way. So that my free choice of God is itself a gift of his grace and prompted by him 100%, even though it's still free. Now- yeah. The, the positive of that is it means God's involved in everything we do. Right. God gives us the grace to do things. But the negative in that is, well, what about when we don't choose God? Is that because God didn't give us enough grace? Is it because like God gave us maybe enough, but not nearly enough? Like every saint who ch keeps choosing well means that God has given them more and more and more and more grace, which means like, did, are the saints just loved more than God than, than normal people? And that's why. And and so it would seem to be that even if you go to hell, that's part of God's providential action. And it seems to limit kind of human freedom. Mm. Um, so that, that, that would be the argument against it. Now, the church doesn't like say definitively one way or another, which way of looking at these things is, is definitively correct. Mm -hmm. But I think if we understand it in terms of like human freedom and God, there's going to be a mystery one way or another. Like, sure. There's a certain mystery there because there is this reality of human freedom. There is this reality of God's providential care and his entrance into all things, his grace, which is necessary for all things. And at a certain point, though, how we understand how that works is going to be mysterious and we have to accept that. But I think this this other option of like not the Molinist, but the Banyasian way is helpful because it helps us to see that God is present in every single one of our decisions. Right. And the and image that I like to use that I think is helpful for understanding, and it's, a, it's an analogy, so an all analogies limp, is the image of sw someone swimming in a river down to the ocean. If you're swimming in the river, you're swimming with the current. Mm -hmm. And you would say in that case, the current is like God's grace and the swimming is like your activity. You are swimming, you are acting, but the current is carrying you the whole way. But if you decide to leave the current and swim to the shore or against the current, now it's no longer, you know, all your, 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 your motion is, is, is not prompted by the current per se. It's your activity. It's your choice. So if yeah. you choose against God, it's you, 100% you. Right. But if you choose for God, it's 100% God and 100% you. 
Right. And so there is some room for you to reject God. For sure. Even though everything that you do to accept God is, is from him and from his grace. And I think there is something that we do have to wrestle with. You know, there, there are obviously going to be big emotional responses to all of these things just because we're dealing with our salvation, which is kind of like survival instinct triggers and, and we're, you know, going to react in emotional ways to this. But I do think that there is something we have to wrestle with as, as modern people about the fact that, that even those who go to hell are not escaping God's providence. Yeah. Or they're breaking God's good plan for the world, that there is a sense in which they're included in this. Mm. Uh, and I think that's something that we don't have to get into right now, but it's definitely something we have to wrestle with. And I, I can say, you know, as much as, um, you know, I can talk about uh, my response to this as, as somebody fully equipped with Augustine alarms. Uh, <laughs> Those don't come it, standard on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with the power steering um, but <laughs> things, uh, you know, as much as we can have the intellectual arguments for why I would say the Banyasian position makes more sense. There's also, I got to say, an emotional reaction as well on my part of saying, in one situation, I'm working alone, whether I'm doing good or evil, I'm kind of fundamentally alone. Mm -hmm. In the other, at least I'm working with God if I do what's good. And I would rather not do good alone. I would rather do good with the one who loves me. Mm. And so maybe that's a simplistic way of looking at it. And maybe it's kind of a merely emotional reaction, but I can't deny that that's there. It makes one more attractive immediately, at least to me. I, yeah, for, I, I would I would agree, and I'll, we can kind of conclude with this: that the the vision or just the understanding that you know whether or not you know this whole debate and things like that. And there are other positions too. You know, I'm, I know sure. um, like more modern positions uh, based off of different theologians and things like that. But um, the understanding that we can draw of the reality and the all-embracing nature of God's providence, mm -hmm. and that that we aren't just like given a test in this life and we have to take the test and then it will be graded right. at some point but that right. every action that we have every moment of our day is infused with god that he's he gives us our very being he gives us our powers of of acting and that our choices everything that we do is done with him and in him and having that in him we live and move and have our being as it says in right. scripture you yeah. know that the, that is that is suffusing us and so even if you don't understand all the profit all the stuff we talked about with predestination that we're predestined uh and, and basically that term predestination means that god has already chosen us to go to heaven and if we if we follow his you know through his willing us he's bringing us to heaven those who made it to heaven were there because god desired them to be there um uh like even if that stuff doesn't kind of hit us very well i think the thing to take away is this all-encompassing nature of God's care for us, that we are, he is present to us in all things, and that that reality uh, should kind of influence our, our our spiritual lives, like that that we recognize that I'm not just alone, but that he's uh, acting in and through me, uh, and and that grace is is really, like it says at the end of um, Diary for Country Priest, grace <laughs> is everything, you know, grace is in everything. Um, Cool. Well, thanks for letting me nerd out a little bit about predestination, uh, Father MP. I appreciate it. And it's a lot of fun. Cool. Well, if you like this talk and you weren't too bogged down by Renaissance uh, theologians uh, and their controversies or Augustine alarms, uh, check out our other talks at CatholicBitesPodcast.com, or you can find us at uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, thank you and God bless you. <laughs>